0: Today we're looking at the, we're continuing our series Word to the Wise and we're looking at this subject of wisdom um, and really, you know, what how that speaks to us, um, what the Bible's got to say um, to us people living in 21st century Britain. Today, um, one of, when we think about wisdom, one of our greatest frustrations as human beings is our our need to, um, but inability to, our need and inability to impart wisdom, um, to help us realise a better future. There seems to be a a pill for almost everything these days, and you can get um, surgery to implant almost any part of your body. But the idea that you can pass on wisdom is escapes us we're unable to do it and it it frustrates us greatly as we think about um maybe as we're conscious of of the benefits of wisdom we live inside of that and we and we ache in the absence of being able to pass it on I was uh, if we think particularly about or as I think about this I think about being a parent who um you know has experienced stuff and you know and they look at his kids and and see the the future in front of them, and and see like the own errors um, of of my life, and and be desperate to impart uh, part some wisdom, to almost want to just give them you know some wisdom serum, <laughs> if there was such a thing. Can you imagine if there was such a thing? Give them you know impart this wisdom in order that they might uh, you know blossom and and embrace. What's in their future, and you know we we feel the ache of being able to do that. We we think particularly at the moment when we look into the Middle East and we see uh, the bombs going back and forth. Um, and I ha- don't. Do you watch that and think, oh man, we we ache, and we 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 see people brutally affected um, by the judgments of a few of a few people. You know, hundreds of thousands. You know losing their homes, and we we w- wish um, to be able to impart wi- wisdom there. We look, we want to say, look back at history, look at what war does, um, th- look at how this stuff plays out, how have we not learned this? Um, and we ache, don't we, in the absence of, of being able to just pass this wisdom on. The, the passage that we're looking at today, the text, um, prim- primarily our, our proverb text is Proverbs 4.20 to 27, and it's Um, it's Solomon imparting wisdom that's the that's the nature he's passing his wisdom on and we see him very much I think we see him under the surface all the way through the book of of Proverbs as a father and a king passing on wisdom to heirs princes and sons you know I think a lot of it we should view through that lens but we we see particularly in this text um and it becomes it becomes a real we've we've talked about this idea of a of a black mirror all the way through our look at proverbs it be, it becomes a real reflection I think of of what we do with wisdom, how we how we seek to to pass it on and we see Solomon very much in parental mode. so just read with me verse twenty and twenty two have a look at that. He says, "My son, pay attention to what I say, turn your ear to my words, don't let them out of your sight, keep them within your heart." For they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole uh, body. Do you see that? We see Solomon very much in parent mode, and as as I read through that, I realise um, it's one of the things that happens to you as you as you <clears throat> as you progress through life. If you become a parent, you 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 look. You look back on all the all the ways that your parents influence you, and some of the wisdoms that they said, and you find yourselves regurgitating what stuff that, that you thought you'd 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 never say. And and Solomon here is in is in that spot where he looks at his loved ones and he wants to safeguard their future, and he does something that we do all the time. He says things like, "I, I want you to really listen to this." So this is a this this becomes when you when you're in a position of care over people, if you're a teacher or if you're a parent, that kind of thing. You say things like, I'm, "I want you to really listen to this," and I'm I'm only saying this because I love you and I want what's best for you. We find ourselves in this spot, don't we? And if you look through the rest of those of those verses, you see that sort of repeating over and over again. Th- the idea that we fruit we future proof uh, with with these instructions, and um, yeah, I, you'll notice as you read through it. Um, The way that Solomon references body parts. And at first, you know, he's he's he focuses on the body as he as he seeks to provide wisdom. And at first, you think that's quite weird. But actually, you reflect this is another one of those things that you do when you're when you're a when you're a parent or somebody in care. You realize a sense, I guess, in a sense, that there's there's a load of there's a you you out of love and care, you look towards the future for people that you want to pass on wisdom to, and you see all the variables uncontrollable variables of life that are out there. And you say to yourself, I'm going to influence and be wise where I can. So I'm going to seek to control all the things that are really visceral to people, eyes, ears, hands, all that sort of stuff. Do you see that in the text? That's that's what Solomon's going for, is I can't control everything, but here's how I'm going to impart wisdom to you. My mum used to say to me, um, "Some re- she used to say things like, um, watch, watch what you say, <laughs> Do you, do you, do, you remember, do you say that? Are you in a parental position? Do you say that? Or do you remember that being said to you? Look where you're going. Or oh, this is what I say at the moment all the time, proper old manny. You need to be more focused. Do you see that? Do you see that in the text? Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Solomon's saying, this is how you're going to be wise. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the, to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. All those, as I read, I've got so much. This is so relatable, I think, as somebody who looks out at the world, you know, as a citizen or looks out of the world as a parent and wants to pass on wisdom. This is one of the ways that we do it. We, we talk like this, don't we? And we notice as we do this, I think, uh, that our wisdom the wisdom that we that we hold really dearly is to is to try and guard our future with rules and guidelines and mantras. It's it's a way that we think we've figured out to be wise, um, isn't it? So I have, and as I sort of wanted to pass on this wisdom, one of the things I realised was that in a pretty sad sad dad kind of way, I've got some I've got mantras on my phone, on just to help me along. Um, and it and it really works. These mantras are really great, and they're just really simple things. But I sort of hang; they're really helpful. I hang on them, you know. Just just go for a run. Uh, my phone says to me all the time. Um, stop and think. My, my phone says to me all the time. These little pithy bits of wisdom. But one of the things that I've noticed, uh, I noticed this particularly as I guess reflecting on it this week. I was listening into a five live um, debate. Um, as is my way particularly on my day off on a Wednesday I'll have as I putter. I'll have five life on and they were the the debates often go the same way on five life they, they start out talking about an issue and then they open the phone lines up and then everybody everybody jumps in and has their say and it's often very nobody else in my house likes likes these debates but I kind of like the comfort of the background noise anyway this particular debate um, was got, got me because the first phone call wasn't just somebody letting off steam. The first phone call was really um, pertinent to, to the issue. They were talking about how we can, you know, how we can be wise and govern well. And um, the subject matter was something you know to do with knife crime. And this lady rang in as a mother, rang in straight away, and she said, um, "This morning, my son's been on the way to school. My son was attacked um, by by two kids with knives, and they." They wanted to take his, they took, they took off him, you know, some of his gear and I went into the school and the school couldn't really do anything. And I phoned the police and the police couldn't really do anything. So it was really like really engaging debate. You know, your heart's going out to this, to this lady. Um, and then you wait for the, the the phone to open up and, and the and it's a really helpful debate. People ringing in, but they're ringing in all the time. And they're saying, and, the, and it, and it often goes this way on five live. It's, well, we need earlier intervention. So how old is this kid? This kid's 11. We need to, and how old are the kids that are attacking this kid? They're 14, 15. Yeah, we need to educate them younger, and we need to educate them more, and we need better laws and more policing. And you know, if you've listened um, to the radio, you'll know how this stuff works. Everybody sort of pipes up. Some of it's really helpful. Some of it's like people just letting off steam, having a having a rant, and that kind of thing. And we do this thing where we... So you realise as you listen to this, one of the things that humans do is we try and future-proof uh, with rules and guidelines like that. And it's wise to us, and it is wise. But as I listened to this radio debate, one of the things that became really clear was that these rules, they don't lead to the, the wisdom or the outcomes that we need. This, this debate will be, they'll, they'll be a, the same debate next week more than likely and this is i guess one of the reasons my wife says don't listen to this rubbish because it's there's a sense in which it just go, it's like a black hole that just goes round and round and round as people v- venture their opinions and it and you realize that it actually though it's good to talk these debates don't bring light at the end of the tunnel there's no you know there's still a kid that's going to be attacked with a knife tomorrow it, it it rather it, it just shows us where we're at and it takes us down this never-ending var style rule keeping a black hole that that we just argue about and and can't really enforce and so lose heart and if you if you're really tuned into the sermon and if you're listening to the sermon maybe what you're saying at the moment is hang on a minute hang on a minute ash I thought that we were, you know, where are we going with this talk? I thought we were looking at a book that was loaded with pithy wisdom and really good sayings. And I thought I thought the nature of that book, I thought what you're telling us is we've got to hang our lives on this stuff. Is that not what, is that not what you're telling us? I thought I thought the idea was that we made these mantras for life. What exactly are you telling us? And you're saying maybe if you've read the Bible a bit, I'm sure I've read i've read leviticus that's got like a gazillion rules pretty much nothing but rules i'm sure i've read about a bearded fella who climbed a mountain and got 10 really important rules i'm sure i've read about that are you saying are you saying the wisdom is to ditch the rules are you saying they don't matter are you saying i can do what i want uh yes you know and what do i do with that um Watch yourself stuff. What do I do with that wisdom? Where do I go with that? What am I supposed to look at? Do I do I just ignore that? What do I do with that? One of the things that we really want to try and communicate when we look at any Bible text is the big the big story of the Bible. The Bible is ultimately one big story. Loads of little books, but no matter what their subject matter. And some have some pretty random subjects, or so it seems. This one's wisdom, really. No matter what their subject matter, they're all ultimately part of this big canon, telling this, somewhere down the line, telling this big story. Even though pro- Proverbs is getting, um, is, is imparting wisdom, the big message of the Bible is, is about the way that God redeems and saves the world through Jesus that's that's what it that's what the story is about so what jesus does doesn't undermine any of this law jesus jesus goes to is it pains to say that and paul backs him up if you read through romans but it means as we read the bible that there are moments in this big story when the wiz, when the pithy wisdom that we've picked up round about and we think oh that's really helpful that's really helpful that that sort of how to live wisdom bumps into our bigger need, the bigger need that human beings have of outside rescue. It bumps into the bigger storyline that is people are being rescued. Do you see that? So these little books all dotted around have got these different subjects in. One of them, the one that we're looking at is wisdom. But we know in the bigger story that this is going to bump into the need for human help and human hope. So I just want to leave before you just two occasions where you see that, that stuff bump into each other into the future so the first one is a story like you might know this it's a story of the rich young ruler it's in luke 18 and it starts in verse 18 i'll read it to you and then i'll show you what i'm getting at this is this is an occasion where yeah the the wisdom where we're caused to rethink again or we're caused to think again about how we deal with this pithy wisdom that's helpful luke 18 18 excuse me A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus often answers with questions. Why do you call me good? Jesus answers. No one is good except God alone. You know. So Jesus looks at him and he knows what he's thinking. You know the commandments. You know the pithy wisdoms. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And he says, all these I've kept since I was a boy. I think I said that a lot more Yorkshire than is there. (laughs) As it's supposed to be read. He said, verse 22, "When when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still like one thing. You still like one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. We'll drop it there. We'll come back to that text, but we'll just park it there for a second. Do you see what's going on in that story? Here, here, we, here we have this influential, dashing, loaded guy that's that's not just um that's not just loaded and dashing and influential, but actually he's he's a he's kept all the rules. He's kept all the rules in terms of um, people that you want on the Christian team, you know, sometimes you'll be like, who do who do you want to come into church to give us a bit of a lift? This guy is, is the guy that you want. This dashing, good looking guy is, is everything you would want on your team. And so disciples are looking on going, well, we might be cast into the shadows if this guy joins the team. But the, the framing question over this little dialogue is notice what it is. What can I do to inherit eternal life is the question what can i do and remember how we've thought about what what we what we're looking for in wisdom what can i do to guarantee my future is the question and jesus says to him and it's brilliant and brutal he says to him this guy that's dashing and kept all the rules you know sell all you've got and follow me what does he do he exposes this man and he reveals to us that living a righteous life is a heart issue. Living, living a good life, living the wisest life is a heart issue. Jesus exposes this guy's heart when he says to him, sell all that you've got. When he says to him, sell all you've got, he's not just being cruel. What he's saying is, Disciples listening in, people reading in. In thousands of years' time, this is a heart issue. Now, I w- what I want you to do—it it, just—it just makes really clear, I think, that the rules that we turn to don't lead to the wisdom and the outcome that we need. And I just, as, as I see, as I see this, if you if you read through the te- text, pick up the text in verse twenty-four with us now. You've got this almost picture of the disciples, and I want you to almost freeze frame them. You can almost see them. I think if this, if <clears throat> if we were to make um, recreate this as some sort of trendy video, you'd have all the disciples just like eyebrows stuck to their hair. Just if that was the, that would be the freeze frame, freeze frame, because they're completely confused. See what see what they say. Jesus looked at him and said, "He says to them, and this is what this is what blows them away. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel." To go through the eye of a needle eyebrows in the air then for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God those who heard this asked who then and this is the disciples who then can be saved the disciple you know, freeze frame them they're just like what the heck who then can be saved and Jesus says to them what's impossible for man is possible for God he says to them I'm gonna I'm gonna prioritize with my ministry and I'm gonna act in such a way that means people have got to orientate all of their actions from their heart. That's what it says. Another story I want us just to look at, the second story. This is like the last the last story. It's in Luke seven, verse thirty six to forty seven. You might know this story too, you might not. Let me read it out to you. So this is a bit of a, I don't know how this is going to come across, but if you're watching it on your phone, it's it's quite a long text, but it's just an amazing story and a really helpful story for trying to wrestle with some of this stuff. Luke 7, 36 to 47, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees' house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. There's just this picture of this woman completely losing herself in the moment, just pouring out, just like something like flow. I'll use this word flowing out of her. Where am I in the text? I might have to read it again. I think I've lost my... As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed him and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man really was a prophet, he'd know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. And Jesus... And you can read, knowing his thoughts, says, Simon, I've got something to tell you. And he says, tell me, tell me, teacher. And so he tells him a story. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I said, su- a bit, a big boy." Do you read that in, this, in his reply? I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven, you know, he's been owned. Oh, there's a, there's another expression for it now, and I can't remember what it is. You have judged correctly, uh, Jesus said. The kids will be screaming it at the TV. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, "Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet." Jesus is saying, "You didn't. You didn't know really who I was when I came in." But she wet my feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. Whoever's been forgiven little, loves little, ever has been forgiven much, loves much. This woman walks in and you say, this is the last person. You know, the rich young ruler is the first guy that you want on your team. This woman comes in to the scene, as it were, and you think to yourself, this is the last person that we need here. This is the last person that's going to (laughs) help evangelize the world. This is the last person that you'd expect to be living a wise life. Or, or is making wise decisions. But in this story, this woman has realized who Jesus is. She's realized that he brings hope to her. He might even be her only hope. And because of that, her heart is moved and her love flows out of her her actions born from the heart even though you look at them and you go not sure that's in the Christian textbook I'm not sure that the way she's carrying on is in the textbook Jesus says this is a wise way to live and the love flows out of it what does it say at the core I don't know if we can get this text back up and um, what does it say at the core of this proverb that we've been reading there's all these pithy instructions. Then, right in the middle, there is the key way to understand the whole thing. The key way to understand how to live wise. It says, above all else. Verse twenty-three. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. It's one of those verses. What means you can, you've got to put it above everything else because everything else is dependent on it. Above all else. Guard your heart, because everything that you do flows from it. God says to us in his word, when you're weighing up how to live wise, when you're thinking about what the rules are, when you when you when you're playing over in your mind how well you've kept them, and you're looking at other people to sort of see how well they're keeping them, God says in his word Remember the guy that never put a foot wrong, but had no heart for God. Remember him, and remember the woman who couldn't seem to do a thing right, who fell in love with the God that could forgive her. And her wisdom flowed out of her actions. If your heart's moved, I think that's the message. I think that's the message of the big picture in terms of wisdom. If your heart's moved, then your actions will invariably move with them and become wise with them when you when you don't let's just just to play this out a little bit more just to see how it looks in real life just just so i make that emphasize the point when you don't just fancy somebody or like somebody or are going out with somebody but when you fall in love with somebody and there's there's like loads of dating advice out there isn't there when you, but when you absolutely are head over heels, when your heart's gone for that person, in that situation, if you if you're madly in love with a person, to go back and read about the dating advice, to read a manual on how you how you engage a man or a woman, and then you went and carried out those actions, if you were already in love, it just looked weird. It's so inferior to the actual natural love that's just. And the natural accent—it would look unwise when you don't just routinely give to charity, but you are heartbroken when you look across the world and you see the kid on the telly in Palestine with with who's lost his mom and dad and he's got nothing. When your heart's broken like that, it's oh, you can almost. Become instantly wise. If your heart's broken for this, if, if if you look at this person and your heart's gone out to them, the wise actions are going to follow. The Bible has rules and rule books as long as your arm. Um, Leviticus, you might say, could be a cure for insomnia sometimes. It can get anyone off to sleep. It's got rules for everything. But when you realize as this woman realized what the story is, when you realize who God is, when you realize who you are in light of God and your heart's moved, then like this woman, even some of the hardest rules to keep. Do you know that way when you fall in love with somebody? Even stuff that's just insanely tough that you, if you were to look at in the manual, you'd go, I'm not doing that. I'm not, not going to that trouble. I forget it. I'll not I'll not I'll not have a boyfriend or I'll not have a girlfriend. I'm just stop. I'm not going there. But when you're in love, you're already there. God says to us in his word and I really hope this is helpful and I hope this helps us put some of this stuff together when you're weighing up how to live wise when you're faced with a future of unknown variables that you can't always do anything about. When you're wondering right now what to say to your kids when you're wondering how to deal with the pithy wisdom of, what should I look at? What should I do with my hands? What path should I choose? God says to us in His Word: If you start with a heart that's moved by God, if you if, if you if your salvation story is real, then you'll be okay.
1: Hey, Hi, buddy, you? okay. Am I am. I'm all right. I'm good. Good, 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 it's just me and you today.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. It might, it might just be me and you.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're listening now, thank yeah, you thanks for, for tuning in. Thanks for staying with thank us. Thank you. Uh, no, thank you for that message, Ash. And I think in terms of what he said about the parent mode, I think that was really uh, helpful um, in terms of Solomon and speaking to his, um, his heirs, I suppose. Um, suppose how how did that make you feel when you were yeah I think you said a little bit about that but how did it make you feel when you were kind of reading that because you, you know I could have read that you know twenty to twenty seven to my kids and saying look well, this is you know this is something you
0: need to Yeah. It did think make me think about through. it did, it definitely made me think about being a parent and it made me aware of particularly that do you know that way when you start to find yourself saying what your parents have said or 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 all the you know all the people that have brought you up. When you start regurgitating that sort of advice, yes, mm. I, I definitely thought, "Oh, I do, I do all this." I say, "Keep your eyes on this," and and it is born out of a real heart to shape the future. But mm. I think you are you are aware. One of the things you I am becoming increasingly aware of is just you do have a great influence over your kids, but there's limits in terms of how you how you can safeguard them. And yeah. you do, yeah. you, you, I feel like you are increasingly heading towards that point where you've got to equip them mm. to to be able to live on their own. And and I find, I find this kind of message really helpful because essentially you can sort of mm-hmm. hammer hammer you know you can do this as a teacher or anything you can hammer people but unless the um, unless people buy into it unless you've got buy in you know that kind of idea yeah and that's what you're hoping for from your kids isn't it you're hoping that mm. you're hoping that they don't just remember the rules that they that, that they get buy in that they go all right I see what you're saying about um this I do see that it's really important. So I think ultimately mm. you've got to head towards the heart or you don't, your message is loads less powerful. Yeah. I don't know if you've had that in your life, buddy, when some, when something's actually spoken to your heart, actually you're a million times more motivated than if, than if you just get in, you know, if you just sat there, for example, in a, like a science, like a biology lesson and you just getting hammered with facts, and then you go into your um, next lesson and the teacher just invigorates you and it's something to do with you know for example climate change and they say something that really uh-huh. gets under your skin like when you've got to do the homework on that actually you find it's just like oh i i care i actually i've got buy-in and i care about this yeah. and you know there's a there's a maybe a different kind of a journey that that goes on isn't there? yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think even um I used to work in a school and it was a case of they always used to say, hearts and minds, hearts and minds to the kids. Because the kids buy into it, then you in theory it should be easier. But yeah. uh, or oh, and, and to and to other people as well. But and I just think in terms of, you know, the heart, it not being, you know, our physical heart, but our well, in fact, a question it would, you know, what would you say that would be? It would it be our kind of sense of direction, it's the sense of um, um it's us, it's our kind of because we say to the heart and we always say to the heart of the matter and stuff, but how do you define that really? And and how does the Bible really kind of define that heart type of terminology? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I I, I think it's the stuff that cuts through. I think, I Mm. think that's, that's how it defines it. It's the stuff that, that really cuts through, because I think one of the things you've got to look back on is Jesus is at pains to say, I am, I'm not coming here to alter all that law i'm not i've not come to do that what i have come to do is for all that for you to realize what all that is about so you, and it doesn't one of the things that I'm, i tried to be careful to do in the preach was, was not diminish like how incredibly wise solomon's words were i think jesus doesn't mm. even come to do that but he does come to say this is what it's all about actually this is what what really makes sense of it so yeah i think it I think all yeah, it's about it's about in the in the big storyline. It's about the way that Jesus cuts through, and I'd say that's 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 how you could describe it. There's loads of wisdom, and then Jesus cuts through, and you go, "All oh, right, okay, I see what this looks like now. I see what God's trying to do. I see what this parent of mine. Did you have any? Do, have you ever had any of those moments when you're growing up? For I've had when you reflect on all the stuff that your parents have imparted on you, and then you you have these moments where you go, "Hang on, is that what they were? You know." And maybe you can only see mm. this year's downline. You go. Oh, is this what they were trying to teach me? I just thought they didn't want me to have any fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. didn't think they wanted me to go. I thought they, they wanted to confine me to the estate, and I couldn't play out any further than that. And I thought there was just like some nasty cruelty going on. It wasn't because mm. they actually really love me, and they know about the greater dangers that are out there, and and you sort of have that moment of revelation. I think you could look at the Bible and say it's that kind of thing. It's a revelation of the wisdom of God that you see Mm. in Jesus when you go, Oh, I see what that's about. I see what these rules are really heading towards. I'll try, you know, I'll bear them in, you know, I'll see them for what they're worth, the wisdom, and I'll try and hold them. But I won't think that that's what it's all about. Otherwise you become like the kid who just gets cynical. and just ends up thinking is because I think uh, a lot of people, you can look at religion that way and you can go, is it just about confining me Mm. to do Mm. this? And actually it's not, it's about liberating about liberating you but that's yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely and you know in, in the bible you know it says god you know our father you know it's a, it's a parental type of in terms of the language what it what it uses it uses that when we have young children or you know older children we are not trying to um spoil their fun but i that's yeah. what I used to think. what, what was I mean, that verse
0: I, you shared by the way boydie because i thought i was um aching to coin some of my sentiments uh, in a nice concise verse and I feel like you went in and just like the great <laughs> you just nailed it with that with that verse so that was a really a that really was, helpful uh, verse.
1: John 7 38. but it's from you know and I'll, and I'll, I'll tell that as well it's from the gospel transformation bible if anyone says that's good so obviously with the proverbs it says everything because you mentioned about the big story about that kind of redemptive yeah. story through the bible so you know within this version of, of the uh you know of the bible it says every story that where well, the gospel is is plays that part i suppose and it's the it's the bigger story from that so yeah john uh 7 um yeah and where jesus says out of his heart will um flow rivers of of living water
0: um and it's just no, I, yeah, I found that i found God that really example. helpful and i think i found this i think that's when you coined that, uh, I, I thought back to what I was hoping would come across about the story of of the of the of this woman. Who, who it looks to use that word "flow," it does look like her actions are just f- flowing out yeah. of her. You know, just just like protruding, like she's not. It's just like this limitless, like this. Oh, it's not mm. forced. You know, you realize as you watch her, this is just this is just an outpouring. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and it's a, yeah, yeah, organic. A, yeah, it's organic, and actually, that becomes something that's, you know, she realizes a lot of the ideals in in those moments, in a even in a what must look like a, a really weird kind of way. She, re, you know, yeah. what the what this Old Testament was striving for. God says over and over again, "I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for a relationship. It's about relationship." Mm-hmm. And this unlikely character in the New Testament, absolutely. Has this moment where she she's like i get it you know Mm. she gets what it is and and the wisdom flows out of her and yeah it was just i thought that's Mm. a a great thing for us to think about how um how helpful that can be actually because often we we work at the disciplines some part of being a human being you because it's all around us perhaps you we we we're conscious of right what do i have to do to make this work what can i And I'm, you know, in lots of areas of life, I'm just the same. You look at your, I I look at the mantras on my phone and I go, right, what have I got to do in order to live this sort of life that thinks going to be profitable Mm. and helpful? Mm. And there is a a level of wisdom in that, but that all like almost, it pales into insignificance when it's an authentic thing in your heart. You don't have Mm. to, you don't have to check your phone. If you don't have to check your phone for how to live, if you woke up that morning and you've been completely blown away by the reality of your faith, or the walk that you've got with this creator god or you know or that's that's no no I,
1: yeah yeah definitely and i think you see it as well and we've been privileged to see that with new christians people who are you know um come to faith and to are just bursting mm. and want to tell everyone and just excited and it's, it's an organic thing and i think you know we want to have that obviously when you've been a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but there are some times, isn't it? I think you've mentioned it a little bit where you, you have to work at that a bit and your heart, you take things for granted. And I mentioned that at the start about remembering what God has done for you and you know what, what He will do for you in the future. And then, would you yeah. say we have to work at some things? There has to be some discipline in terms of that. And if you do have to work at it, that's not a bad thing, that you know, just as you have to do exercise or you know. Yeah, you have to do you know what I mean? It just because it's not organic, you're not jumping from the ceiling all the time, doesn't mean that,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a bad yeah. thing. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you, and you do have these conscious, you, you as yeah, definitely looking back on my Christian life, I've definitely had moments where I've thought, Is God is, is he as does he feel as real as he have done other times? Does is do I know him as near? What do I, you know, do I have to let me get back? But I, I think one of the things we got to be careful to do is, Do I get back to the rules? um Mm. or do because i think the answer is in you know there's loads of them there in some respects yes but if you if you only get back to the rules and lose the heart you've had it you know ultimate ultimately down the line so whatever whatever you're looking at needs to needs to move your soul absolutely i think
1: awesome yes well thank you ash now that that's really good and we we pray anyone who's listening that your hearts are moved and it's not that's not because of the clever words that we've said absolutely not it's because of what god has done and you know it's only jesus that that can um transform your heart and where uh, living fl- water flows out from it and um, yeah that give, yeah. give god the praise for that and that's
0: yeah so that's, that's a great thing yeah it's i just us. i, I it's is, it is not down to good i i think um just to pick up on this idea of wisdom though, i think god re- He does we are we're called to be wise I think we are—we're really, you know—and there's incredible—and there's incredible. One of the things I would say is there's incredible wisdom in 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 knowing ultimate things. I think I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think that undermines being smart, having common sense. But I think if that's under underpinned by, oh, there's a God who sits above all this, we're we're created Mm -hmm. beings. Those sorts of things, I think, that's a really helpful. Because I, th- I think if you if you don't have that, then I think your footings for wisdom are, are skewed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Great. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, everyone. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week. God bless.
0: God bless.